I'm Amber Brooks, a defender for the OL Reign, and I'm listening to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 73 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Today, man, there are some interesting rumors to talk about. There's a retirement to talk about. The Mariners have won five of the last six. Yes, I said that after the things that happened last week. <laughs> um, there's there's a lot to go over. So, I mean, I think we're just going to get into it. Today, it's just me and Bennett. Um, Mari's been uh, busy doing some things over the past few months, as you know, if you listen frequently. Um, so, Bennett and I are here to go through it all with you. Um, from Seahawks all the way down through UW softball. It's all covered here, and we don't make stupid comments about Gabby Plain smiling. We so, just kind of talk about how she has an accent. Yeah. Um, but that's not going to be the whole show. So uh, getting right into the Seahawks, uh, the team did sign somebody. They signed a tight end, Cam Sutton. He is a six foot six tight end out of Fresno State University. Uh, he was in the Panthers camp last year. I don't think this is anything really to read into as much i feel like this is more just a, a competition thing i mean p carroll basically salivates at the word compete so that's just i'm sure what that is uh another camp body for the time being um but he's got obviously the good frame for a tight end there i just really don't think that anybody's gonna take much space outside of uh, gerald everett and will disley there at the tight end room especially with kobe parkinson uh being the third tight end i'm assuming at six foot seven. So, uh, you know, again, probably not something to read into. Uh, OTA started over the last week. Uh, some notes to look into from that. Uh, the team is still leaving the door open for linebacker KJ Wright, uh, but he may not be back until training camp. If that were to happen, uh, the team wants to see where their current group of linebackers is and then go from there after that uh, and just sort of evaluate from there. Uh, Coach Carroll said that there's about 35 to 40 of the roster's overall 90 players that are at OTAs. Uh, there there were a couple headlines around the league about how uh, I think some of our division rivals had like near full capacity, uh, near full attendance for their OTAs. I mean, I, you know, I don't really think it matters that much. Um, obviously, OTAs are good for, you know, the newer guys to get acquainted and get in the building, you know, but I really don't think that's too much of a big deal. I'm not going to sit here and cry about it. I know that there was some people tried to stir, stir things up that Russell wasn't, well, since Russell's not there, I don't think he needs to be there. You know, um, Bennett, do you think there's any stock in buying into any of that crap? Uh, quite honestly, no. Like in my opinion, I just, this whole I mean, what does the O stand for? I mean, it, it's it stands for oh, excuse me for that burp. Um, they're optional team activities. Oh, you're kidding! So it's like at the end of the day, no, Russell doesn't have to be there because oh, at the end of the day, organized team activities. Oh, hey, well, they're optional anyways. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So they're not, they're not mandatory. Um, I think there's like there's another abbreviation, but 
the O can also stand for optional. Uh, we've had a lot of historical holdouts throughout the years, and it, it doesn't really do anything, and it's not even a holdout. It's just like a, we don't really need to be doing these right mm-hmm. now. Especially if you're a veteran, and, and a lot of times in the off-season practice schedule, um, you'll see this happen pretty much anyways. A lot of days will be veteran rest days. Mm-hmm. So guys like Tyler Lockett, guys like Russ, guys like, I don't know, everyone else, they'll still just have these days off. So like you said, no real reason to have them here in the first place, so whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, like, like you said, guys guys get veteran rest days. I mean, I see Dwayne Brown on veteran rest day all the time. It doesn't, you know, I'm, I'm not going to raise the alarm because of it. Something to sort of half turn the alarm on for. Uh, the Seahawks were reportedly eyeing Julio Jones. Otherwise, if you want to go by his full name is Quintoris Lopez Jones. Yes. If oh, I did not that. know that. His real name is not Julio. It's Quintoris Lopez Jones. But Julio, I guess, is easier to write down. Um. Anyway, uh, Russell Wilson and Julio Jones have discussed playing together as a team has discussed possible trades with Atlanta. Now, the latest report we've got uh, came on Monday night that Atlanta will trade Julio for a hard, I don't know what that means, a hard second-round pick if they can avoid paying any of the 80, not 83, $38 million that they currently owe him. Um, so basically, it's like if you bail out this contract, we'll take a second. But um, if we take this into consideration and we look at everything about it, I've seen people say, you know, no, or there's no way we trade for Julio Jones. I don't see. I'll get to my thoughts on it in a second, but I don't say there's no way simply because if we look at the past off seasons, did you think there was any way that we traded for a guy like Jimmy Graham? You know, guy like Jimmy Graham, guy like Sheldon Richardson, Jadavian Clowney, Jamal, Jamal Adams. I didn't even know we were in the running for Jamal Adams last year. Um, guys like that, even Percy Harvin, you know, these trades, when John Schneider and Pete Carroll say that they're always like keeping an eye on things, it's not bullshit. Uh, obviously that's proven that their, their track record shows that uh, with that being said, I'm more interested to see uh, what the return on something like that would be, what Atlanta would want from us um, and what, what contract implications that would have uh, because obviously Hugo Jones is a guy that commands a, decent amount of money right um so do i think that the idea of trading and acquiring for julio jones is outlandish i do not think it's outlandish i just think it's for the time being i think it's far-fetched just because i don't know what you give up for that um i know you just acquired a wide receiver through the draft um i mean you got dk and tyler um so i'm not i'm not saying we need julio jones it would be a huge boost and i'm not against it i'm just i'm very interested to see what sort of possible mock-up trades are being thrown out there because it said they've discussed it um so discussed possible trades so uh bennett your thoughts on the entire sort of 
because i mean this is this is like we've got like a the we've got the the end piece of the loaf of bread it's not like you know there's rumors about a bunch of stuff it was just the headline we got this morning was that the seahawks reportedly are eyeing, eyeing julio jones and that there have been possible trade discussions with atlanta as well as the thing about russell and julio talking about playing together so with that being said um what do you think about the whole whole thing and your thoughts on its potential um you know it's it's interesting just because like I, I don't know how much water there is to this, and I we've had certain things like this happen before where there is some hype or interest around signing a player and it just never comes to fruition. I, I couldn't think of like a particular instance in the last couple of years, but like it has happened. It happens with every team that exists. There's hype like, oh, Damian Lillard, he's going to go to the Lakers so he can go back to, or not the Lakers, he's going to go to the Warriors so he can go be back with Oakland and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's like a annual topic. Like, it happens every year. Um, I feel like Julio leaving Atlanta is just now kind of picking up steam, which is interesting. But I... Uh, I don't think he stays in Atlanta. I think that's pretty obvious. I don't know if he goes here. And I don't and I don't think he needs to go here. Cuz like you said, we've got some loaded we got a loaded team. So we don't necessarily like need to add on to that. Like, we don't necessarily need to spend assets that we could use to build with new set pieces uh, to get somebody like Julio Jones. I'm not saying he's old. I'm not saying he's out of his prime. I'm just saying you already have one of the best wide receiver duos in the league. There's no reason to shill out like trade uh, a draft picks players so on and so forth for a player mm. that win over replacement when above replacement not going to be that big i don't even think that's a thing in base or in uh, football but if it were it wouldn't be huge because who would we be replacing like i mean i think right now it'd be what it'd be dwayne Eskridge. <laughs> and i don't obviously that's... Wayne, but like do you need dk Julio and Lockett on a team? No. You really don't. You have Lockett, you have DK. Well, and then the the argument I've seen is, oh, why don't they trade for alignment? It's like, well, I mean, there isn't a guy of that caliber that's been available. It's not something that's happened. So Yeah, I also don't think anybody's asking. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's people complain about a lot of things in life. Don't be one of those two. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's something to keep like the corner of your eye on, but I don't, I, I'm, I'm not putting a ton of stock into it necessarily is what yeah. I'm saying, but I'm not saying that I'm not saying old John Schneider wouldn't do it because obviously we've seen him do stuff like this. Right. Um, so, you know, it's interesting and like you said, sometimes, well, a good amount of times, um, 
it's like, oh, you know, insert team is, is speaking about a potential acquisition of this guy. And, you know, how many times does that fizzle out? So more, more times than not. Um, so I'll leave it at that. That's something that's been talked about. Apparently, that's, an, that's, that's a headline. I don't have an inside source with the team. I, I don't have John Schneider's phone number. Yet. Um, yeah, well, we'll see. But, you know, so I wouldn't I wouldn't sell the house on it, Bennett. I'd, I'd retract the bet if I were you. Yeah, I got to uh, gotta get log off of fan duels. Yeah. Wait, that's illegal in Washington State. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm also not old enough to do it. Oh, and you're. Are you? Uh, never mind. <laughs> um, switching over to league news. Uh, there's a couple different things to note regarding actual important league news headlines. Uh, NFL owners approved a 90-man roster to start training camp this year uh, with cuts to 85 on August 17th, 80 on August 24th, and then the 53-man finalization roster on August 31st. So uh, those are different dates to note for when, you know, you'll see your favorite training camp guy get cut, which happens every year. Everybody falls in love with a guy, you know, take your pick from, you know, some are warranted. I get it. I never will understand uh, Case of Williams being cut in. So what? Uh, so bizarre. And and Tanner kind of... McAvoy staying on the team. Yeah. Just being a waste of space. He was just another set of pads running around. Uh, you know. So some of those are warranted, but some of them it's like, hey man, it just didn't. It just wasn't gonna work. So those are notes to note. Notes to note. Uh, things to note uh, for different cuts and the way that the roster will shape out and when that'll happen. Uh, next, the NFL and the NFL Players Association have agreed to a $208.2 million salary cap ceiling for the year of 2022. Uh, there is no cap floor as of now. The sides agreed last August to spread the COVID-related revenue shortfall from 2020 over several different years, and the cap dropped to... million this year. Um, That, I don't know how much that affects us. I know we don't have a huge amount of cap space. So uh, I'm sure obviously that didn't do us any favors necessarily, but it's not like, you know, we were swimming in money before this. Um, And then the last sort of, the last headline that we've got is the NFL is slated to have stadiums at full capacity in all but two stadiums. For the time being, uh, Denver and Indianapolis are those two, and I believe they're working to look at that. Um, training camps are said to have full attendance uh, starting on July 30. Well, they will have attendance uh, starting on July 31st. Um, and full capacity stadiums will start at the beginning of the preseason. So right as preseason starts, we'll have those full capacity stadiums. It's an interesting thing to note. Uh, just the way that the country has been going with vaccinations. And, you know, at least here in Washington State, uh, the governor said they believe that uh, with the vaccination rate continuing as it has, uh, the plan is to open the state uh, economy by June 30th. So you, you know, figure by that time, if things continue, hopefully in the right direction, that having a stadium in full capacity wouldn't be a horrible idea. But obviously that has to continue and people, you know, that aren't vaccinated have to continue to go out there and get vaccinated. Um, but uh, it, it seems like we're getting there. It seems like we are continuing in the right direction um, and interested to see, I mean, Denver and Indianapolis are like on the outside looking in 
right now, I guess. But I mean, we're still months out from the NFL season. So um, some some different things uh, related to the league to note there, mostly sort of uh, things that have been ref- uh, impacted by the pandemic last year that are sort of, sort of seeing a change as we look at them this year. Um, now we get into our baseball club here, the Mariners in the regular season, of course. As we know, it's a long season. On May 25th at the Oakland Athletics, the team would win 4-3. to three. Uh, Played the game for that match. Match? Wow. Uh, shortstop J.P. Crawford with three hits, one run, and RBI. May 26th at the Oakland Athletics, they would lose that game 6-3. Uh, to uh, Played the game DH that game. Mitch Hanniger with two hits, one run, and one RBI. May 27th in the first of a four-game slate versus the Texas Rangers. The team would win 5 to nothing. Player of the game, Bennett's favorite pitcher, Chris Flexen, with seven innings pitched, zero earned runs, and six strikeouts. And in five starts at T-Mobile Park this season, Mr. Flexen has a 1.63 ERA, uh, five earned runs, over 27.2 innings pitched. So, uh, I mean, with the exception of the Padres game in the last uh, road trip, Chris Flexen's had a solid year, and we're going to have to go over that next week. Uh, when we take a look at some of our uh, predictions for the season uh, and see where we're at right now with that, because obviously, again, it is a 162-game season. There are things to get mm-hmm. through. Uh, we're just at 54 today, right, Bennett? Uh, I think that's About. I yeah, think so, correct. you know, we're we're still got a lot to go through, ladies and gentlemen, um, boys and girls, and if somehow your animals or your pets are listening to this, go ahead. But binary. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, you know, uh, it, it'll be more of a just taking a look at where we're at necessarily and sort of noting different performances uh, that may have surprised us, like a guy like Chris Flexen. Uh, May 28th in the second game of the series, the team would beat Texas three to two in a close game. Uh, play of the game, center fielder Kyle Lewis, two hits, two runs and two RBIs. May 29th. The team would win the series with this game with a 3-2 win, back-to-back, 3-2 scores. Uh, Put the game for this game was right fielder Mitch Hanniger with two hits, one run, and an RBI. I picked Mitch here because, I mean, I could have gone JP. JP's had a good uh, good run of, I mean, his his batting's been a lot better uh, since early in the season. But uh, Mitch just with a sort of top-off homer to give, give the one insurance run in that game uh, that Rafael Montero almost gave away. Uh-huh. Uh, but he, he snuck through. He, he snuck right through. Uh, and then May 30th versus the Texas Rangers, the team would win 4-2. to two. So they could have gone for back-to-back-to-back scores of 3-2, to two, but I guess they wanted another run to be obnoxious. Uh, play the game, first baseman Ty France, Viva La France, with two hits and three RBIs on the game. Uh, Angie Mentech calls him a professional hitter, and I would agree with that. When we didn't have Ty France, uh, you could kind of see that. So, um, player of the week this week, Bennett. I, I hate to repeat myself, but Mitch. when I look at the last seven day slate, uh, there's kind of a guy who stands above everybody else. Um, in the last seven games played. In 28 at-bats, Mitch Hanager has four runs, nine hits, two doubles, a homer, four RBIs, uh, one walk, a 321 average, uh, a 345 OPB, 
BP, uh, a 536 slugging and an 881 OPS, which is pretty damn good. Um, just, you know, over the amount of at-bats as well as, you know, the games and all things considered. I mean, there are some other things to note over the different other seven games, the, the seven games played. I mean, Kyle Lewis has seven hit, I mean, eight hits over those uh, seven games with five runs, uh, four RBIs, two homers, so 320 average. Uh, a 993 OPS, so I could easily go Kyle Lewis. I'm going to go Kyle Lewis, actually. I'm going to switch. Um, I, I admit I am biased with Mr. Lewis there. But uh, three less at-bats, and he's got one more run, one less hit, one more homer, um, and a better OPS. So, yeah, actually, I'm going to go with Kyle Lewis. I changed my mind. Oh, shocks. No way. <laughs> That leaves it to you. Um, then I'll go with Mitch. So wow. I can Steeler, Steeler. Of me doing someone else, because I was either gonna do Mitch or I was gonna go for a flexin because he has continued to be very dominant on the bump. And I I don't know, there's in the last couple games, there haven't been a lot there hasn't been a lot to complain about. Um, I mean, then again, you're playing the Rangers and they're noticeably bad. Uh, <laughs> but, and I think, you know, this next series is going to really test some things. And I think it's going to test how much this team has really improved, if at all, quite honestly. This could just be a fluke of a sweep that happens in baseball because it's a long, like Chuck's been saying, it's a long season. So, you know, four games. You sweep one of the worst teams in baseball. Congrats. Now you're going against the A's, who are the top of the division. Um, it's going to be a bigger challenge. And, and to you be know, fair, you did win that series, though, in Oakland. You did. You did, and you did it uh, with, like, some pretty gritty baseball. And I enjoy that. And part of it, to me, also has, like, it has the makings of next year written all over it. In my opinion, it has the idea that this team is going to be very good very soon. Um, and you get to see the flashes of it. I think last year we also saw some flashes of it. And we didn't even have Kelnick called up. And we didn't have pieces like Hanniger healthy. Mm-hmm. God knows how long he'll be on the team. But um, really, it's just about... I mean... This season, it's been hard to choose players because either everybody's been really hot or everybody's been, like, stone cold. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just, again, it's kind of about how you finish out this season. We're a quarter of the way through. Or uh, a third of the way through, I should say. Um, so you still have a lot of baseball to play. These last two thirds are way more important than the first third. So hit those jets and i hope huh. yeah i mean if we if we take your quote there and look at 2019 just yeah. uh think think about that year and how that first third compared to the rest of the season do you remember what i'm talking about yeah it's when we we had a really hot start and just completely fell on the face uh so yeah no like I'm I'm interested to see how like you were talking about 
how next the series against Oakland goes. Because, uh, you know, so it's a series of, uh, against Oakland and it's at home. But also, um, from what I understand, I believe uh, Bennett's favorite real pitcher, Marco Gonzalez, should be pitching June 1st, uh, the day that this comes out, actually. Um, I believe Jake Fraley should be coming back soon. Uh, possibly this homestand at the end of the homestand or probably on the road trip. Uh, and Evan White could be coming back soon. So you're looking at some guys um, and even a lot of the guys who were uh, quarantined down in uh, San Diego or had the quarantine up here uh, could be coming back. And I'll get to that here in a second uh, with some different other roster moves, but um, uh you know, it's it's we had a really, really a rough stretch there where some guys got injured and we're just like Bennett was saying, some guys were just stone cold. Um, and it's it looks a little bit better as we're getting guys back. Like I said, it hurts to have a guy like Ty France out uh, just because, I mean, going on this lineup struggles at the plate and Ty France has been a guy that has been pretty consistent uh, when he's been around. So interested to see how the rest of the season plays out again i will reiterate as i had said earlier when the season started and then throughout 2020 i'm i'm not putting stock at all into making the playoffs this year i'm okay with that i'm looking at next year in that regard this year is more of you know letting these guys sort of get these reps get these steps in um i would like for the team to open up the wallet in the off season to be able to pay a couple pieces that you may need, possibly another pitcher. You know what I mean? Um, if you want to go with this fucking six man route, because uh, hey, I don't know about any playoff team that has a bullpen day. Do you know about that, Ben? No. Yeah. So. And boy, do those days. Ooh, they're Those not are wild days. They're not fun to watch. I'll tell you right now. So, um, interesting to see how it goes, but uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm optimistic about this Oakland series. But we got to get to it first. So, uh, in team related news, a uh, couple different roster moves here. Hector San Diego, San Diego, Santiago, number fifty seven, uh, was selected from AAA Tacoma. Daniel Zamora, who actually pitched, I believe, in the Saturday game. Uh, recalled from AAA Tacoma. Wyatt Mills was option to Tacoma. Uh, Johan Ramirez was option to Tacoma. And then Sam De La Plain was designated for assignment. Um, looking at the upcoming schedule, because we're recording, excuse me, this on Sunday, actually, due to some scheduling stuff. Um, May 31st versus Oakland Athletics. That is Memorial Day. Uh, June 1st versus Oakland Athletics. June 2nd versus Oakland Athletics. And the team goes on the road uh, for a four-game slate before we come back. Uh, for June 3rd through 6th at the Anaheim Angels down there in Anaheim. Um, so the team will go back down to play the Halos. Um, we've, so what we've got, uh, the team played Oakland on the road. They came back and played, oh, shoot, who was, and who was before Texas? Shoot. Uh, athletics. No, really? Has it all been? Yes. It has? Athletics down Padres, Athletics. Oh, yeah. So, Athletics, Rangers, Athletics, and then Angels. 
and then after that, Tigers. But a nice little division gauntlet run here, mostly. Uh, that's ooh, that's gonna be fun. A lot. <laughs> well, I guess the only good news about playing Anaheim right now is that they don't have uh, the fish guy. So that's yeah. that's cool, I guess. But they also have another guy who pitches and hits, which is the two-way. The two, the two way to, yeah, no, I can't come up with anything. You were gonna, you were trying, so right. I appreciate the effort. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so interested to see the divisional run there. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here to talk about Homs Seattle. Homs has your back in a loving Big Brother kind of way. Our goal is to change the mental health conversation one heart at a time. Race and his team over there have been working around the clock. I mean, for months, they've been doing some good stuff. Uh, Women's season one collection dropped. I believe a good amount of that sold out. Um, shoot, I'm trying to think. I mean, I know that they've been working on a lot and women's season one has been out. Um, I just know that they're working on a lot and it's like, man, how do you guys keep up? But they do, you know, so. Hom Seattle again. It's 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 pretty simple. H O M S S E A T T L E. It's just Seattle, but you put H O M S in front of it. Um, yeah, women's season one. If I look at the products here, um, they've got everyday shorts, hearts around a hoodie, hearts around tee, bike shorts, active top. There's an every night dress that has pockets. I know, obviously, I'm not a woman, um, but I know that that's an issue is not having pockets on a lot of garments. Uh, fleece sweatpants, everyday tank, everyday dress, pockets on that one. Uh, they actually have a Seattle blue hoodie that works well at Mariners games and Kraken games. So, you know, get yourself covered for both of those. Um, I'm going to go on their... a tangent here. Are we still I, – I just want to point something out about uh, Seattle. About Seattle or – Let's finish Homs. Let's finish Homs. I got something. To oh, say. that that was. I mean, I was. I was just gonna wrap it up there and say that uh, outside of the women's season one and the new uh, Seattle blue uh, hoodie, that that's uh, they've got their regular run of stuff on the site. And definitely buy all of their things. Just buy the whole menu of things. Um, well, the inventory. Yeah, whole inventory because it all looks pretty darn good. Um, now we also, get to hear like, with pockets. Come on, you know you want that. I don't care who you are. You know you want that. So I sh- I can buy you one? Yeah. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Harry Styles did it, and you saw the reaction to that. Uh, I'm sorry, Bennett, but you're no Harry Styles. I could be if Harry Styles was, like, shorter, a little flubby and Filipino. Um, then I'd be Harry Styles. But I digress. Uh, what I was going to say, you know, I really like something about Seattle – we have such a consistent color scheme. Oh yes, all our teams, and that just that really is pleasing to me. I thought you. Oh well, I guess you did say tangent. I thought you were gonna say rant. I was like, what happened? I was like, did no, it, it's just a tangent because it's just like because I was thinking about how, and I promise, guys, I'm not slurring because <laughs> I am under a substance. I have Invisalign in, but it's kind of like you look at um, Kansas City. The Royals versus like the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs <laughs> so jarring, and like you can't wear a Chiefs hat with a Royals jersey; you'll look ridiculous. But I was wearing a Mariners hat or a mm. Mariners jersey and a Seahawks hat today. Looked fine. I looked fine. To your point, too, with Kansas City, uh, 
Sporting Kansas City, the MLS team, I mean, they've got a blue and white and gray color scheme. That's fine. I guess that goes with the Royals. But it does clash with the Chiefs, obviously. But then with the NWSL team, uh, Kansas City, NWSL, they're um, – oh, shoot, I got their colors. They're like they're like a Soylent green. It just oh. doesn't – it doesn't work. So you've got red and yellow with the Chiefs, blue and gold-ish, right, with the uh, – with the Royals, I mean, right. blue and gray is fine with the Sporting Kansas City, um, but and then then you throw in this weird. Uh, I'm seeing it. This weird turquoisey green. Yeah, see, it doesn't like you were saying there. Doesn't really work. Then even with like with Vegas, I mean, I know they got like the night. Uh, that's gonna be kind of drippy. Black and gold with black and silver. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's not bad. That's kind of be kind of nice. Trying to think of other examples though now. Uh, Chicago, black and white and brown and navy. Ugh. Brown and navy. Bears. Or oh, orange. They're, I'm sorry. Orange and navy. Cleveland. Yeah. With their maroon and gold, which good good colors. Uh, and then uh, brown and black. Ugh. And Cleveland's baseball team is red and blue. Yeah, it's just some some cities I do not envy. What are you doing, guys? Philadelphia? Oh, my goodness. Red, oh. white, and blue, and then turquoise and whatever the hell the Eagles colors are. I couldn't even describe those colors. Green and white? Green and white. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stupid. That green is, it's like different green. Well, and then there's the Kelly green that's like bright green, but they don't use that one anymore. Yeah, no, that's a thing. That's like when McNabb was still playing. Uh. Well, I mean, they had those as throwbacks. Um, thanks, NFL helmet rule, you bastards. Uh, yeah, seriously. But yeah, no, you got a good point. I mean, it's there's not really much that I'm mean, trying to think now if there's anything that clashes. I mean, closest thing I could see is like Action Green, but like the Sonics, well, yeah. not the Sonics, the uh, Sounders have that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there's. Huh, so nobody really steps out of the a decent palette. Because, I mean, a storm with the yellow, with their when – they, when they had, like, an all-yellow jersey, it might have been different. But now the the home jerseys are – they've got yellow and the green in there. So the green, you know. And the yellow is fine there. because we the Sonics, you know, when they were yeah, thin. the Sonics, green and yellow. The yellow. So it's like everything kind of has, like, a match – Mm-hmm. In our city, and it's a good point, Ben. It's oh. really aesthetically pleasing. I don't know huh. why Kansas City that really popped into my head, but like he's angry at Kansas City. I guess I, I like one other teams. I'll let the people decide which one I like, but I do like one other teams. I've been Royals. Quite, I've been quite fond of one other teams when one historic player played for them for some time. Tamba Holly. Uh, I do, I, I do like a Tombahali, but I'm thinking more Jamal Charles. Jamal Adams. He, he plays for the other team. I like. <laughs> I Jamal like Charles is pretty football. cool. I just didn't like when he shredded us that one game. Oh my god! I mean, it was a conflicting time for me because <laughs> I like I used to run Jamal. Wait, no, stop. no, stop, stop! I used to like them so much because I used to really root for Alex Smith and Jamal Charles. I used to think it was a fascinating stat that Alex Smith didn't throw a touchdown to a wide receiver. <laughs> Just feed like Jamal. Feed Jamal. Five years. God, that's right. Well, yeah, God. 
Because he had it, Travis. That was a funny time, wasn't it? Considering what they are now. Yeah, seriously. Because now they have like the one of the better wide receiver cores in the league. It is a funny time. Thank you for the interesting fact from Bennett. Um, don't know if that'll be a new segment here, but when it comes to my head, <laughs> it won't be. It won't be set in stone, but it will be a fun surprise. Uh, not not so fun surprises. Uh, Seattle Sounders played Austin FC at home May thirtieth for the first time in their existence, simply because Austin FC is an expansion team, uh, and they came out to a draw, a nil nil draw. Um, anytime you know you come out of a game against sort of a, an opponent that's really unproven, and Austin FC isn't really lighting it up necessarily in the uh, MLS right now. I mean, if we go to standings here. Um, we go to the table. Uh, Austin FC is 11th in the Western Conference out of 13 total teams, and I've got a negative three uh, goal differential. Um, so you know, it's a disappointing result uh, for the Sounders today. Um, I mean, they tied Atlanta yesterday, and that's a whole different thing. Atlanta's been a good club for the past few years. Um, and for Austin to come in here and, you know, Austin's like the little kid that came in and was just lucky to come out like practically unscathed. Yeah. Um, like they were clapping, they were pretty happy with the tie. So, I mean, and props to them for that, you know, they came into Seattle and, and, you know, arguably one of, if not the top MLS programs, uh, and environments around the league and they, they got a draw, you know? for a team that's been in the playoffs every year in the MLS, you know, good for them. Good for Austin and their little funny tree logo, which is funny because I don't know how many real trees Texas has in general. Oh, Austin has trees. Um, I guess it counts up, but it's disappointing. Um, But you got to keep in mind, there are some injuries that we'll get to in a second, but Play of the game, I had to give it to goalkeeper Stephen Cleveland. Uh, three saves. I mean, obviously, you had to keep some guys out of the net. So good for Cleveland there. Uh, injury news, as I was mentioning. Uh, Nicholas Ladero underwent right knee arthroscopy, uh, arthroscopy to, to deal with lingering inflammation. Uh, and Stefan Fry has developed a blood clot as a complication of his original knee injury and will be out for an undetermined amount of time. That just means we'll get more Stephen Cleveland, who's uh, performed well in his absence, but anytime you know you get you have an injury at all, it's you know something difficult to overcome, for, especially from a keeper like Stephen Fry, who's been with the team for as long as he has and has been who he is. Uh, anytime there's a complication in general, it's not good. So, uh, hoping for the best, uh, for Ladero and Fry there. Uh, the team sits at 5 3 and 0 with those three draws. Number one still in the Western Conference, number one in the MLS in points with 18. Uh, they focus now uh, after the international uh, break on the June 19th match in L.A. against the Galaxy. Uh, so team gets sort of a break here. Um, maybe take a look at itself. Maybe just kind of recharge, take a break. Uh, some play- players will be heading to their international clubs, and best of luck with those. Um, but uh, I'm sure that this might be a motivator uh, for some of the guys in the club. Uh, Seattle Storm 
the team played the Connecticut Sun and the Minnesota Lynx over the past week. Uh, your boys were actually in the building for the game Woo! on the 25th. The team would win in overtime, 90 to 87 against the Sun. Uh, this was this was no slouch of an overtime win. I mean, Connecticut came into this game five and zero, and Bennett will attest that Connecticut was right there for basically all the game. Yeah, there were a few points where, and this is finally when I get to show I like basketball. There were a few points where they were like dominating the pace, and mm-hmm. like there was just nothing the storm could do to like take that away from them, even. It even felt like, honestly, when the Storm were in the lead that one time, when they were in the lead by nine, yep. it still felt like Connecticut was in control. Um, it just because they did, just didn't go away. They just they were very pet, uh, petulant this game. They were like always nipping at the heels, or we were always nipping at their heels. It was just a very back-and-forth game. And to sort of hint at something that, you know, if you're hearing this, and you, you, you follow the uh, WNBA you know, uh, pretty consistently, you'll know. But this was a game where Coach Dan Hughes uh, was not coaching. He was attending his son's graduation. And Noel Quinn stepped into coach here. But let's get back to the game itself. Um, John Quill Jones for the Sun. I mean, there's a lot of great players on the Sun team. Uh, they they really kept it in. John Quill Jones, though, was hammering the paint. And she was hitting threes, contested threes, mind you. So, that was that was a great game to be there for, um, and definitely will be there uh, throughout the summer. Uh, but just good to get away with a win there, tough one in overtime. Uh, put of the game, I had Jewel Lloyd here, nineteen points, eight rebounds, five assists, and three steals. Sue Bird has to be mentioned. Uh, she poured in twenty one. Uh, Stewie had seventeen points and twelve rebounds. Uh, so some big contribu- contributions from the big three there uh, of the team. Uh, doing so without uh, Katie Lou Samuelson, who is uh, with the USA 3v3 team. Uh, I'll get into uh, them in a second. Uh, but we get to the May 28th game versus the Lynx here. The team would win 82-72, to another Commissioner's Cup win for the Storm. They're currently 4-0 in the tournament. Um, here's a stat for you, Bennett. Okay. The Lynx went on a 19-0 run to end the game, and they still oh. lost by double digits. Oof. That that shows you wow. how that game went. The storm had basically emptied the bench. It's like, you know, when they they're like, all right, who wants to play? And they just throw people out there. Um not to disrespect obviously those who are on the bench, but uh just kind of a testament more so to, to just the way that the storm played this game. Um Play the game for Brianna Stewart with 15 points, eight rebounds, and two blocks. Uh, I split it here with Drew Lloyd, who had 12 rebounds, two ass- two rebounds. Wait, 12 points, two rebounds, and five assists. Um, team has been team played a great game against Connecticut, and then the Lynx, who have kind of struggled this season so far. Um, I mean, if we look at the league here, uh, we look at Minnesota in the Western Conference, at least. Uh, Minnesota's one and four, and they're the bottom of the conference. Uh, yeah, they're the bottom of the conference with one and four, um, with a negative six point differential. Um, and in the league, they're second to last, just behind Indiana. And the only reason they're behind Indiana is because Indiana lost three more times. Um, played more games, yeah. So, uh, and you know, 
uh, it's it's not necessarily like you know, you're gonna trample over these people. Uh, so, with that being said, I have a very interesting piece of inform uh, information regarding to injury slash roster related news. Uh, Ford Makaya Herbert Harrigan, who was acquired in the trade day uh, in the off season, that faithful Wednesday where the team traded away. Uh, Natasha Howard and Sammy Whitcomb acquired the number one overall pick, traded the number one overall pick to, uh, for Katie Lou Samuelson, acquired Makai Herbert Harrigan, acquired the rights to Stephanie Talbot, uh, and did a bunch of other – there were a lot of moves that day. It was a busy day. Uh, Makai Herbert Harrigan, anyway, is out for the season due to pregnancy. So, oh, congrats. Uh, congrats to her and uh, her partner. and. You know, excited. Uh, the team has said that they're excited to see her back next year. But for now, obviously, the focus is on uh, her pregnancy. So best of luck to Miss Herbert Harrigan and her partner for that. Um, just interesting to see that. I remember seeing the uh, update pop up and it was like, you know, like big uh, roster update. And it's like, oh, yeah, she's, she's going to be out for the season. I'm like, oh, why? Oh, pregnancy. Oh, yep. So, um Again, best wishes to them. Uh, and we travel over to team notes here. Ezzy Magbagor and Sefi Talbot were named to the Australian Olympic team, Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Uh, the WNBA is currently averaging 350,000 viewers across ABC, ESPN, and ESPN2 throughout the first five games of 2021 NBA se WNBA season. Uh, that's up 74% versus 2020's season average and up 45% versus 2019 season average. Um, and then I will touch here now on the 3v3 USA team, which features uh, Kay Lou Samuelson, UW alum, uh, Kelsey Plum. Hey, I didn't mean for that to happen, but it did. Um, Stephanie Dawson of Chicago and ooh, boy, Alicia Gray of Dallas. Um, all four of those women uh, punched the USA's ticket to Tokyo in the Olympics. Uh, for 3v3 so you know big props to them on that uh, they beat Spain to advance uh, so Katie Lou's a little bit busy she'll be back later but uh, you know good for them showing out for the country uh, but then the big piece of news uh, head coach Dan Hughes retired today on Sunday um, he cited the rigors of head coaching in the WNBA as taking a toll on him, which is understandable. You know, your head coach of a professional team in any sport is going to be a lot. Uh, he will still coach the USA women's basketball team at the 2021 Olympics. Uh, two-time WNBA coach of the year, two-time WNBA champion here with Seattle. Um, Noel Quinn will take over as head coach. And I want Bennett to speak on, you know, I, I talked to Bennett about this. I, I, I just said, you know, Dan Cuse is retiring and um, I was interested to see that, uh, you know, my first sort of impressions when I saw the information come out was that, you know, I was interested that Gary Kloppenberg uh, hadn't taken over uh, as the next head coach simply because of the fact that he was the head coach at the bubble um, or he was kind of cited as the head coach at the bubble, uh, the wobble. And um, so I was interested. I know that Noel Quinn, uh, you know, Noel Quinn played with the Storm. Uh, she becomes now the seventh coach, head coach in Seattle Storm history. Um, 
but Bennett Bennett said a great point, made some great points uh, about it. So I want I want him to go over that. Well, I mean, you know, it, it's a lot of this league. Um, I wouldn't say hinges on, but there's a lot of this league that is so very empowering to its audience, and I think that having a woman, and especially a woman who is a former player lead the team is really smart for both like team morale and also just like that overall inspiring optics that the WNBA withholds or not withholds uh, currently holds. And like to have somebody have that experience and moxie of being in the league and also being a coach assistant, uh, assistant coach for some time, you build a really, I mean, a really useful repertoire of skills in which you can relate to your players, not only as a player, a former player, but also on a very personal level of like, yeah, I'm a, I, w- I was also in the WNBA. I also played for this organization. I know how this organization works. I know how the public views you. I know how you deal with that, so on and so forth. And I think it's just, it's a really smart move. And I think it was very calculated. And obviously this guy knows what he's doing. You know, he wasn't going to turn the team over to anybody. So this should be like exciting more than anything to, to be handing the keys over, uh, handing the head coaching job over to somebody who, um, who he believes can lead the team to the same success, if not greater successes, if possible, than what he did. So um, in my opinion, it's a really smart move. It's a really bright move. And I think it's a good move for the team. And it should honestly make the team more exciting to watch because of that relationship between coach and player. Yeah, and that was something that, you know, initially I hadn't thought about, which is, you know, that's my mistake. Um, but it's a good point because if you look at, I, I cited a certain person, uh, when I talked to Bennett about it, but mm-hmm. there, there are some coaches you see that they're not able to relate to people. And obviously there are stories that, you know, guys, uh, well, there was one, I, uh, is it Stan Van Gundy coaching the Pelicans? Uh, one of the Van Gundys is coaching them. And I, I read that, uh, the most uh, a good amount of the locker room the, the quote was that they didn't vibe with him i was like okay we're using that kind of terminology uh but you know if you lose a locker room like a guy like tony larusa it, it's not good and you know noel quinn is obviously like bennett said he's he, he knows how the league is i mean pardon me noel quinn knows how the league is she has been in that uh been in that light uh dealt with the player side of it has been with the organization for a long time. Uh, so, you know, I, uh, for Dan Hughes, who has 40 years of coaching experience, you know, to hand her the keys, it, it, it is uh, something that makes sense. And it is exciting um, because at the end of the day, I, I think Dan Hughes has earned his retirement. I really think he, I don't think he has anything else he needs to prove or give. Um and he set up this this organization for success and, you know, bringing in talented staff and uh, coaching these players. And I remember, you know, in interviewing him, 
he talked about how a reason that he came out of retirement in the first place to coach the storm was to coach Brianna Stewart. So, you know, uh, all I can say is thank you to coach Hughes for his time with the organization, uh, taking time to speak with me, um, and just what he's built and helped accomplish, uh, with his organization. Um, and congratulations to Noel Quinn, uh, with the head coaching gig and, you know, uh, excited to continue to kick ass. Um, speaking of kicking ass, the team is five and one. And at this current moment, they are at the top of the league, uh, standings, uh, with highest win percentage, um, Connecticut six and two, but I mean, the, the win percentage is better. Um, so yeah, that's pretty exciting. Uh, the team this upcoming week will look at a three game slate, uh, all at home, by the way. Uh, and if you are in the area, uh, storm single game tickets are on sale. There are vaccinated sections and unvaccinated sections. I know it's an Everett, but I, Ben and I made the trip up there. I'd say it's well worth the trip. Um, June 1st, they will play the Indiana Fever, who are 1-7. and seven. Uh, June 4th, they will play the Dallas Wings. Uh, and then June 6th, they will also play the Dallas Wings. So um, another three games late here. Dallas pushed us to the limit uh, last time, uh, went into overtime. Uh, so interested to see how this time goes around. Uh, and uh, interested to see how this first week of Noel Quinn coaching goes. Um, shout out to Marshall Athletics. They just dropped a couple different products, actually. Um, I don't want to, you know, hold too long because we've, we've discussed a good amount of topics today. Um, but just to sort of rat, rattle off some things, uh, they've got some Sonics inspired. They've got a Skyline jersey that um, is, is homage to the uh, sort of the first jerseys that Gary Payton played in. Uh, if you remember those, they've got the, the green little arch design with the yellow uh, border on them uh, and then there's the loop jersey uh, it's got the uh, jerseys from the famous uh, obviously title uh, opportunity against the bulls in 95 96 uh, from that logo which is it's pretty cool um, and i know they've got some maestro slides coming in they've got some seattle mariners uh, shorts they're called the emerald city m shorts um, and I know they're teasing. Uh, there's a nice uh, crew neck maestro hoodie. They haven't released it yet, but both of our partners had some exciting things coming. So uh, check them out. Maestro Athletics and Hump Seattle both got stuff coming. Uh, speaking of things that are coming in, Seattle Kraken. Uh, team news, it's not roster-related news, but it is uh, arena-related news. This also does apply for the Storm um, as it's their home as well. Uh, the Climate Pledge Arena announced uh, some restaurant partners that will be featured. Uh, Ballard Pizza, Just Poke, Little Woody's, Mes uh, Metropolitan Grill, and Elliot's Oyster House. Did and you just say like Ballard Pizza, That's it's just okay? No, Just Poke. Oh, I thought you were like just dishing out hate for Ballard Pizza for like no reason. No, like, no, no. I've had Ballard okay, Pizza. If you're going to comment on Ballard Pizza, you got to comment on the rest of the ones too. <laughs> I didn't comment on them. No. Hey, you know what though? Poke. That's a bold move at a sporting event. Well, it's interesting. You go, yeah, Ballard Pizza. There's Poke. Little Woody's. Little Woody's is okay. I, you know, 
uh, Metropolitan okay, Grill. So that time you did. <laughs> okay, now I did. Um, Valid Pizza is fine. I've had them at Mariners games. Uh, just poke. I have to admit, I have not had poke before. Crucify oh. me. Go ahead. Put me in the cross, Bennett. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, little Woodies, they're fine. They're nothing to nothing. I'm gonna go out of my way to go get. Metropolitan Grill. I've been to the Metropolitan Grill several times. They're mm-hmm. a classy. You uh, haven't had poke, but you've been to the Met Grill multiple times. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's... Uh, Elliot's Oyster House. I don't think so. Uh, I believe that's on the waterfront. Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. Did uh, Taifang. I know they have that at Mariner Games, and that's something that people really like. It's it's interesting to have a, a have food like that at a like at a, a ball game. You know what I mean. The Din Tai Fung, and I'm this is gonna be this is might be particularly uh, targeting Safeco um, or uh, uh, Timo. What's Safeco? Um, but the 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 Din Tai Fung at Safeco was bad. Really? Well, I mean, like I don't know. I, I just. I know you're affiliated with the brand, but I, I, I'm not a huge fan of... I'm not Din Tai Fung. Well, <laughs> uh, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the different stadium foods, aside from... Yeah, I mean, you can only do so much. Pies. You can only do so much with stadium uh, The food. meat pies, though, are ridiculous. Wait a minute. Which uh, That might be Seahawks only, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know but, they have meat pies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like any, I think either the stadiums between the two, I'm not a huge fan of most of the food. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because I mean, it's not like the not not like the highest amount of effort goes in, which is understandable. It's more so it's stadium pre- food. I mean, yeah, it's stadium food. That's it's you know, it's not like death. It's stadium food. It's just how it is. Um, but like Bennett said, poke is an interesting uh, choice. Uh, so I'm interested to see how that goes and how it's received, but I know that people are excited for it, so that's good. Um, that's the only team news for the Kraken this week. Uh, looking ahead, June. Oh, 2nd. I think they revealed part of the kit. You're, you're full of poop. I'm not. They revealed the helmets. Oh, that was a fan made helmet that they put on their own page. Yep. No, it says uh, nominated uh, nominated for best goalie mask without having a goalie. Check. Vote for the Seattle Kraken mask for the NFL fan NHL fan choice awards. Yeah. Oh. It's pretty tight. I like it. I read fan choice and I thought that a fan made it. No, it's our official helmet. That's okay. That's cool. It's got a Kraken on it. It's rad. Oh, I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder yeah, why. That's kind of interesting. I haven't ever heard of. What's, I wonder how much. Uh, I wonder how much a helmet would cost. Probably a lot. And uh, the <laughs> Bachelorette was there. Oh, yeah, I don't watch the Bachelorette. Neither do I. Oh, so you did. Uh, yeah, I'm very involved in the community. Um, the standard draft lottery takes place on June second, so check that out because we're guaranteed a top five pick. So we'll see, we'll find out where we select. We have, I think. 10% chance to get the number one overall pick. So that would be pretty funny. Uh, and the expansion draft is still in July. Uh, heading over to the old rain. Uh, they only had one match this week. Uh, 30th versus Washington Spirit. Uh, the team would lose one to nothing. Uh, it was a sold-out crowd. Uh, player of the game, he didn't score, obviously, because nobody scored. 
I had Rose Lavelle here. Rose Lavelle in her first match with the rain, uh, playing against the spirit who she's spent time with. Um, at least in the first half, she was all over the fucking field. I've already sworn before in this episode, so I, I don't care. Um, it was just a lot of good effort and a lot of being involved and especially like having your debut. You know what I mean? Like if you come out and you're just being involved and you're just showing that hustle to your teammates, I think that's a good thing to do. I think that's, you know, that sends a message about who you're going to be and what kind of player you are. Uh, and I think she had a good first half. Just what happened in the second half of the game is it was a complete flip. In the first half, uh, the Rain were making good effort plays. Uh, they had some chances toward the end of the end of the half, uh, just kind of flying over. And it looked like, you know, uh, it looked like it was like bubbling over and that, uh, you know, there would be a release and the team would be able to put a goal away in the second half. Not what happened. Washington came out and dominated the second half got got a goal and just kind of was able to dominate possession and hold on to the ball and then the game uh handing the rain their first loss of the season uh, i will have a blog post out on that this that'll be out on monday that's going to be before this is out so you know it'll be out uh by the time this is out um uh, the players that were out for that match uh and injury related news were uh, Celia had a right eye injury Nicole Mamiki had a right leg injury. Ali Watt had a right knee injury. She underwent surgery, uh, I believe, over the past week. And Quinn was questionable, but did not play due to left leg injury. Uh, so that's injury-related news. As we get to team-related news, uh, Megan Rapino and Rose Lavelle were named to the U.S. Women's National Team roster for the upcoming summer series. Uh, Rose Lavelle joined the team on the 26th and began training. Uh, and then obviously started. she started this game uh, in the midfield position, uh, three OL players, uh, just Fishlock, Quinn, and Karen Barsley have all been called up to their national teams uh, for matches in the June FIFA window. Additionally, Barsley uh, was named to the team Great Britain roster for the 2020 Tokyo Olympics. Uh, 21 Olympics. I don't know why. Hmm. Uh, just Fishlock uh, for Wales women's national team, Quinn for the Canada women's national team, and obviously Karen Barsley uh, for the Great Britain women's national team. And just something also to note for uh, post-match injury news, Karen Barsley did go out late in the second half uh, with an injury. Uh, she had to be helped off the field. So uh, best of, best wishes to Karen Barsley. Um, Ella Dietrich out of Washington State University did come in and uh, you know, was able to get the job done, didn't allow a second goal. But, uh, you know, when your starting goalkeeper goes down, it's never a good thing. So hoping for uh, better, the, the best results possible. Um, the team sits at a 1-1-1 one, one, and one record, which isn't a bad thing. Uh, Just Fishlock has repeatedly said that uh, this roster is something that is still um, – still being put together it's still you're trying to figure out everything just just for reference Bennett it's like if you take a bunch of there's like a bunch of veterans on this team but there are also some young players and Roosevelt uh just got added and there's going to be some more players added later in June so you know I'm sure you understand you know it's not like uh there's going to be instant chemistry like that you know what I mean um so at the end of the day, I'm not upset at a one nothing loss. Um, it's not like some of the other teams around the league that got dropped like 
by Portland five to nothing. It could be worse. Um, but uh, obviously not what you wanted to come away with today. Uh, the team is seventh in the league with four points, and they will look to their next match uh, June 5th at New York slash New Jersey, Gotham FC. How cool is it, Bennett? How do you feel about Gotham FC's uh, name? Uh, is it allowed? That That's their official name. They're allowed to do that? They're, they're Gotham FC. That's their name. I'm not BSing. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm just surprised that that's allowed. It's an interesting. I mean, they used to be Sky Blue FC. Um, I don't know exactly what sparked the Gotham FC change. Um, huh. I guess they're trying to go more so with the whole New York thing. Uh, I mean, in 2006, they started off as uh, Jersey, Jersey Sky Blue. Um, and then from 2008 until Last year, they were Sky Blue FC uh, staying in that, you know, area. And then I guess they're like, yeah, New York, New York, Gotham. <laughs> Start spreading the news. Yeah. So that that is interesting. But they will, uh, for their second game, uh, second away game of the year, uh, after the first away game beating Portland on the road, they'll face a good test uh, and hoping to rebound uh, against Gotham there. Uh, as we head over to college here. Uh, ben, I kind of want your in, your input on this. Uh, there's a congressional bill that was introduced on Thursday that would allow college athletes to form unions and be considered employees oh. of their schools. Hmm. Uh, ooh, you know, it was a bill though, and it was just introduced. So, well, a uh, lot of bills don't really mean anything outside. Yeah. Of- so it's like I don't know how much steam this will pick up exactly. Yeah. Um. Because I've seen, you know, over the like pat over 2021 as a whole, I've seen a lot of different headlines about uh, legislations about different states or whatever uh, trying to pass, you know, athlete uh, what's it called? Different things that would pay athletes, and I don't know how far they've gotten. You know what I mean? Um, so, but it is something to note. You know what I mean? Uh, as we I know that it's been a topic that's been discussed for a while, and I know that the uh, NCAA football games will be back in a couple of years, um, and I know they like to profit off of that. But um, I don't know. It's interesting. But like you said, most bills don't really do anything, and they don't really get too far. So uh, not sure how I feel about it. I mean, I'd, I'd like for these uh, players to be – compensated fairly for the the money that they bring into these universities which is millions and millions of dollars um but it's a complicated one because i don't want like the colleges to start like punishing students for being in unions you know what i mean yeah so yeah i mean this that, that the whole thing in general is pretty like there's a lot of things that go into it you know it's I'm glad I'm not in that role and I don't have to uh, worry about that necessarily. Um, but yeah, that is, there, there things like that have been talked about and I'm sure at some point we might see a breakthrough um, in some way, shape or form. But for now, that is obviously not the case. Uh, ooh, oh, uh, 
men's basketball opponents uh, for the early conference schedule were announced. UW will play at Arizona on December 2nd and versus UCLA on December 5th. The home and away conference opponents were announced. I mean, it's just the Pac-12 at home, Arizona, Cal, Colorado, Oregon, OSU, Stanford, UCLA, Utah, WSU, and ASU. And then guess, oh, well, on the road, it's Arizona, Cal, Colorado, Oregon, OSU, Stanford, UCLA, Utah, WSU, and instead of ASU, it's USC. Ooh, spooky. Uh, no women's news. Beat up baseball wrapped up their season in a three-game Apple Cup slate at Washington State. They would lose the series two to one. Uh, in the first game, they would lose one to eight. Uh, first baseman, Will Simpson, hit a solo home run. Uh, for one hit, one run, one RBI. In the second game, uh, they would win 14-7. to Catcher Michael Petrie had two hits, two runs, two RBIs, and a walk. Pretty good game there. And May 29th, on the game, last game of the season, the team would lose 1-9. Uh, to First baseman Michael Brown had two hits and a run. The team ends with a 20-30 and record, um, and their season is over. Uh, and next week, uh, that'll be one of the first uh, season recaps that we'll have to go over. Uh, softball in the NCAA tournament. Uh, they played uh, Oklahoma in two games, uh, May 28th on, a, uh, on ESPN2. Uh, they would lose two to four. Uh, left fielder Sammy Reynolds was my player of the game with two hits, one run, and one RBI. Uh, Oklahoma was able to get a couple homers off of Gabby Plain, um, and UW was not able to fully mount a comeback. Uh, and then the second game, a game that they needed to win, obviously, to force game three. Uh, they would lose one to nine in five innings. Just everything kind of fell apart. Um, third baseman Bailey Klingler had one hit and one RBI, and it was my oh, player of the game there. Um, difficult ending. I mean, you'd have really got fucked over with the way the committee slated things and uh, it seemed like a lot of teams did because there was no way that Michigan should have lined up with us in the regionals at all. Um, so, and it's, it's no slate on Oklahoma. I know in the first game, there was uh, some interesting ways that the uh, batter's boxes were painted, but at the end of the day, I mean, um, I'm still, you know, the committee really fucked up. Uh, <laughs> God. Um, so, you know, and there's no way you can fault the, the UW softball women. There is no way. They had a great season and uh, were easily one of the best teams that we've uh, had this year. Uh, so major props to them from, you know, top down to the coaching staff as well. Uh, they finished with a 45-14 and 14 record. Pretty damn good. Uh, and I'll have a season recap for them as well. Um, as well as season recaps for the men's and women's soccer team uh, and volleyball. Last sort of news here. Uh, trio of Huskies uh, were named to the 2021 USA, USA uh, Volleyball Collegiate National Team, uh, continuing Washington's proud tradition of representing and supporting the U.S. national team at every opportunity. Uh, Marion Grote, LMA Powell, and Lauren Sanders were three of the 28 players that were chosen uh, from the NCAA to train in Anaheim, speaking of Anaheim again, uh, from June 13th through 18th. Uh, and then Lauren Saunders, speaking of Lauren Saunders, she returns next season. Uh, she will be coming back. She's a middle, middle blocker from Snohomish. Uh, she started all 24 matches last year, accounting for 207.5 total points with 139 kills. So a welcome back to Lauren Sanders. And a thank you for writing through with us. I know this one's uh, got a good amount of length to it. Uh, but 
as we continue here, we're just going to seemingly get more and more stuff to go over. So uh, from Bennett and I, we're going to just kind of wrap it up here. Uh, we've got Seahawks off season continues. Mariners regular season continues. Sounders will kind of get a break here for a couple of weeks. Uh, the storm will continue their season with three games next week. Uh, the rain will travel down. Oh, well, not down. Travel up to New York, New Jersey. Uh, the Kraken will will find out draft position in the first round for the Kraken. Uh, we'll continue to wait for the Sonics to come back. We'll continue to wait for the uh, XFL to kick off next year. And we will see you. Thank you, Dwayne Rock Johnson. And his buyer's group. I mean, it's like Dwayne and like one other person. Yeah. Um, we will see you on Tuesday the 8th after you have listened to this episode. So, Bennett. Um, say something nice about Chris Flexen. Uh, I am very surprised. You know what? No, full force compliment. Your pitching is uh, is great. You're a phenomenal pitcher. I will make sure to let him know in the morning. Thank you, everybody. We will be back next week. Baba Booey.